Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Saul Walker. And me, Lucy Chamberlain. With lockdown limitations continually adjusting and the summer now looking us beautifully in the eye, we continue with regular discussions about our respective horticultural worlds. Putting the pandemic's grip on us aside, we sincerely hope that you found enough moments to quietly contemplate, distract yourself, gaze in wonder and generally pour positive and fruitful energy into this most glorious and rewarding of hobbies, which, for Saul and myself, we are lucky enough to also call our profession. Restrictions are still with us, experiences are still unprecedented, but Lucy and I hope that by providing you with a continued shortened version of this podcast every few days, you can easily fit a small dose of horticultural musings into your routine. We will, of course, still bring you longer bonus episodes too, when we chat to inspirational peers on more in-depth gardening topics. So fire up the kettle, get comfortable in your favourite chair and join us now for a 20-minute escape into the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener. Hello Elsie, I hope all is well in Essex. Um, I was just thinking that we entitle these podcasts or or at least I do because I do all the computer stuff with very long convoluted titles so I was thinking maybe each (laughs) podcast we should do like they do in the films and give them code words and I thought the code word for this podcast could be summer drummer what do you think ah I see what you mean well I think that's very appropriate because I haven't been gazing at some summer drummer this afternoon so we should explain because it's all very cryptic at the moment. But um, summer drummer is a, a variety of allium, and it is a stonker. It literally is as tall as me, and I'm five foot four. And um, I saw some this afternoon at Beth Chatto's. We're going to talk about that mm. in a minute. And it reminded me of Mr. Walker, and it reminded me of Mr. Walker because summer drummer was an allium that we kept getting asked about the name of because people had it in their gardens and they didn't know what it was, at BBC Gardeners World Live. Was it last year? I think it, no, I think it was the year before. Was it the year before? Yeah. yeah. And and this afternoon when I was when I was at uh, Beth Chatto's, I came across Summer Drummer and I sent a WhatsApp to Saul with the picture of it saying, I'm thinking of you oh. in all the good ways that I could possibly do. <laughs> by, so- by sending me a really <laughs> tall novelty allium. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so so yeah no i think that's a good plan so how was beth how was the how was the gardens oh uh, do you know what it was very very nice and i have i did tweet about it this afternoon because um i haven't really been anywhere other than my house or east Donaldson hall for most well since lockdown started uh, i've been to the pub a couple of times i do get you know i again my priorities in life are go to the pub after lockdown and go to Beth Chateau. So that's pretty much me summed up in a, nut- in a nutshell. And um, I went and it was really, really lovely. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was obviously a little bit anxious only because I didn't want to make a fool of myself. I didn't want to go the wrong way or down the one way system. And I didn't understand what the protocol was for certain things because I've not been out and about. But I went. Uh, I also went to my local nursery called Dean's, which is a lovely family-run nursery that does a lot of summer bedding and vegetable plants. So I went there first of all. And then, because Beth was just a stone's throw away, I thought, I can't not go. It would be so rude of me, wouldn't it? So I I arrived there and... um, I'm trying to be very structured in my plant purchases. You would be proud of me. The impulse purchase... (laughs) You know, I think I'm looking at them. I'm looking them at Twitter right now because I haven't seen the uh, tweet you put out. I can tell you where all those plants are going to go. I was 
thinking about where they were going to go before well I picked done. up the plants. I was oh. very constrained. And I think for someone who's been, I say, devoid of plant purchasing for weeks upon end, I showed some self-constraint that I'm quite proud of. So Yeah, it's, say, it's, oh. it's only the boot that's full. I yeah. can see you, you didn't fill the uh, the back uh, footwells and the uh, balance them on your head while you're driving home. That's got my tonic water and my gin stash in at the, the, the back seat. So <laughs> <laughs> I got that sorted out as well. <laughs> I do spot uh, one plant there, which I'm very proud of you for buying. It's the Eucomus, eh? Oh, uh, I did. A bit more tropical, a bit more exotics. Yeah, I like, I, I um, that came from Dean's and I saw it at the bargain price of £7, which I thought was oh, really quite good. good. Yeah. And it's in full flower at the moment. And I I am gradually trying to build up my exotic collection and I, I do love a, a eucomis um so so i bought one of those i also got a hydrangea from after i've been to beth chateau's i went to one of the larger um diy stores that also sells plants because they do have some really valuable um sorry not valuable some good value plants at some of these um these diy stores so i went there as well got my hydrangea paniculata which is rather yeah, splendid for a tenner that was a tenner saw that was not was bad it? was it that's not yeah. bad for a shrub like yeah. that and no. the flowers what you got one two three four flowers oh loads lovely yeah, yeah really good and then the the majority of the plants are for I've got a border at the front of my house that's really gravelly and and windy, bone dry. Um, so I've got some plants that are fairly sort of self-sufficient in that department. And I've also got a very shady border at home and I need some more architectural um, plants. So I, I've gone for some, some nice structure and foliage contrasts and uh, um, if anyone wants to know what I bought, it's all on Twitter and I can tell you about it there. But uh, yes, yeah, I had fun. I really enjoyed nice, it. Nice and I felt, a nice haul. Yeah. And the staff of Beth Chatter, they're so lovely. I was chatting to them about how they've been getting on uh, and they their mail order sales went through the roof, which is like, yeah, so... Yeah, like, like most people. Like we were saying in the yeah, last podcast, it's, exactly, uh, so... it's definitely across the board. They're doing okay on these on mail order and the online orders. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's been a first for me. And I know that a first for you would have been going back to... To Stonelands, because you had Back your week off yeah. and you had your bad back before then. So you hadn't had mm. much time there at all. So how is it? Has it survived? How is the greenhouse? What's what's going on? Well, it has survived, which I'm, I'm really pleased with, um, because Good. unfortunately, unlike most gardens that have backup staff, I am the backup to myself. <laughs> so whenever I go off on holiday, uh, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a risk, especially. That's it. I, well, I don't usually take time off in the middle of summer because i know that if i do uh, the garden's going to have shifted on especially the greenhouse and i might lose things so it was a bit of a risk but i needed it uh, as as i found out but um actually went back in the greenhouse and the vegetable garden and everything there's been a lot of growth i've got to say i i must have left mm. the greenhouse with uh, tomatoes that were maybe two foot high uh, i'd only just planted the aubergines and all the peppers into pots a couple of weeks beforehand and i go back and they're all flowering and starting to fruit it's it's amazing really i was, i said okay. on twitter that i should go away more often because the plants seem to do well <laughs> without me it's they're when it's okay. when you're fussing them isn't it that they uh, <laughs> they tend to just keel over and die so no i'm really pleased um Great. The vegetable garden's a bit weedy, um, but that's to be expected. So, but that's all that's all work to be done. But uh, most of the crops are 
have uh, settled in now, established all the late summer. The leeks were looking good. Sweet corn in flower. I was thinking about you and your sweet corn. You harvested sweet corn earlier in the last week, and I was thinking it can't be that soon. Then I'll go and see my sweet corn. It's flowering, and you can start seeing the tassels. (laughs) So can't be far off. I'll be getting sweet corn. We had two cobs each today. Ian, Ian, Ian was not on the farm because we've had rain in Essex, so that's delayed the harvest. So I've had my husband today, which has been very nice. And we actually... We worked at the hall this morning and then we came back and we had two cobs each slathered with butter, salt and pepper. And that was just unadulterated, pure. I couldn't get it in my face quick enough, to be honest. Honestly, it was so tasty. That's unlike you. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's more more your neck of the woods, isn't it? That eating style. I'm more dainty and delicate, but I wasn't wasn't today. One sausage, two sausage, three sausage. But oh, no, it's like, do you know what? I, I do. I do like it when you have been away from a plant for a period of time and then you come back and you're so impressed by the change that has occurred. It doesn't happen very often yeah, for us head gardeners because mm. normally we're living and breathing our estates and we're walking around them all the time. But when you yeah. do have time away and and then, you, as you say, with your tomatoes, you've come back and they've really romped away and, and, and cracked on. It's lovely to see, isn't it, that progress because it's not a sight, as I say, we, we, we do normally witness. Yeah, like you say, as a head gardeners, we see them every day. And in some ways, looking at them every day makes you feel that they're not growing or doing anything. So actually taking a bit of time off actually gives you appreciation for the power of your garden and what it it can Mm. get on with on its own. And that really maybe fussing it over is a little bit... uh, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm still going to fuss over Hang it. Hang on. Many Reverse. Times. You're going to talk us out of a job if you're not careful. <laughs> oh, that's, you, you know, that's a good point. You, Everyone needs a head gardener, so please keep well on telling us. Well done. Um, well rectified, that man. So I thought we might, for this podcast, just chat about our late summer routine, what jobs we've got on, what we've yeah. got, what we're going yeah. to be doing at both the Hall and at Stonelands, and... Um, just give people a sort of sense of our next month or two in the gardens. Okay. Do you want me? Should I go first, or would you like to go? You, first? you start. You said you had some yeah. a project or something. You were you were. Yeah, mentioning. we've got a couple of projects, which is really exciting for me because the hall has been managed by the owners for the last fifty. It's been their family home for the last fifty years, so the plantings there are very mature and very established, and there's not much opportunity to put some new injection of plant styles and design into the garden so the fact that and see now this is again i try and think of the silver lining the fact that the bog garden got riddled with bindweed Mm. was a good thing because it meant that we had to renovate it Uh, so what we've done uh this summer is a lot of the plants in the bog garden that we wanted to keep we in this in the so the, actually the the latter part of spring we dug them all out and potted them up so they've been in our nursery area of the kitchen garden and we've been irrigating those with a view to planting them again later uh, th- at the same time all the bindweed was allowed to grow and ramble and go crazy because i wanted to knock it back with a glyphosate spray uh, so about th- two weeks ago now maybe it's 10 days i i went in there and we um had also cut down quite a lot of herbaceous plants that were still in the garden because we couldn't get everything out. So we cut those down to the ground, protected those with soil, and then it meant that I could go in there and spray the whole of the bindweed without any risk of it travelling back into any of the ornamental plants that we wanted to keep. 
So I've done that and I walked past the bog garden today and oh, it's lovely because the bindweed's all going yellow and brown and it just makes my heart sing. It's an ugly sight, but it's, it's one that makes me think, well, you know, think of the future. Jade and I were in there um, unraveling the bindweed uh, and trying to cut the herbaceous plants down. It was a pig of a job, I won't lie. It was a real nuisance because you know what it's like. You, it scrambles oh, everywhere and twines itself around things and it was just... As I say, uh, not a pleasant experience. So what we did to motivate ourselves was we thought about the designs that we could be putting together in the future. So we were having sort of having a bit of banter and throwing plant ideas across to each other, like, like table tennis and just thinking about what nice. things could go in there. Mm. And that, that just pushed us on to get the job done. And again, mm. at the same time, our cedar bed, which is very close to the bog garden, it's higher up the slope and it's got a lovely blue cedar in it. We renovated that... Um, in the spring, again, that had got quite a lot of old uh, plants that had gone past their best or they, they died out. We do have quite a lot of honey fungus in the garden as well. So we had things like the choice here had completely died off and some areas that we had to think about uh, with regards to where the honey fungus may have spread to. Those areas were cleared in the spring, ready for replanting. And then the pandemic came. So we, we, we've shelved that until the autumn. So, so come this autumn at Donnelland, we are going to um, have some really lovely planting projects going on. And um, Jade, my apprentice, she's really into her, her colours and textures of, of plants, the design aspect. She's, she's trained herself in design. And, and that's something I've never, ever been trained in. I obviously know what I like and what I don't like, but it's, it's lovely bouncing ideas off her. And um, I'm really, really looking forward to uh, getting some plant lists together, looking at the availability of nurseries. And then, as I say, come September, going into October, get that spade in the ground and get some plants in there. That sounds very exciting. And, yeah. you know, I love what, maintaining a garden's lovely and all. But um, for a head garden, I think the real fun and excitement comes when you move a garden on when you when you redo mm. an area or you put in a new feature or a new bed or something that just adds another element to the garden because not only is it something new to see uh, but it's also you putting a stamp in the garden and you know that that might be there for well, I don't know way past your lifetime in some ways I, I, that's yeah. what, I, what I love to think is that I'm putting my stamp on these gardens that I look after, which is nice. But, you know, I feel for you when it comes to bindweed because that's exactly <laughs> what I've been doing today. I've spent eight hours yeah. pulling bindweed out of our uh, woodland beds. Uh, Gosh, eight, eight full hours. That was eight, all day. Full, all, day, all day. It was, And there was two of us as well, me and my my trainee as well, Claire. Um, mm. It is a, it's a pig of a plant. I, I'm fully going to agree with you. You know, mm. I admire its tenacity and, and its ability to... <laughs> exploit every niche that existing it's not a, it's not a weed that requires you to uh look after it it will that is one of the things that when you go away for two weeks you come back and, it, and it's covering most of the house let alone the plants so um <laughs> we're slowly getting on top of it um i may have to go down the same route of you and go a bit nuclear and take all the herbaceous plants out and maybe mm. try and either chemicalize it or um just try and dig out as much as i can we'll we'll see how it goes in the future it's it's quite a a lot of work doing it like that but it may be a yeah. lot of work to have doing it another way mm. the other thing uh, i've been doing is getting all the summer pruning achieved so not just deadheading the roses um yesterday i spent 
most of the day um, putting all the summer pruning on our espalier apples. So taking out all the sort of New Year's growth right down to one or two buds. Hopefully going to uh, get them to spur out and we'll get some more fruit next year. I, I, I actually do love doing that because you take it back to this really neat espalier. We got um, three tiered espaliers all the way around the veg garden. Oh, and it it gives yeah. that They're the veg garden just really a, nice. a new lease of life. Makes it look like um, it's being looked after nicely. So mm. that's nice. But I've also been doing things like Deutzia, Philadelphus and our Wygelia. Just taking out about a third of the old growth just to yeah. allow new growth to come through and, and just sort of invigorate them for next year. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, early summer flowering shrubs usually flower on last year's wood so you have to encourage new growth to come through to keep that flowering going that's also why you don't want to prune them in the winter time which you will do with other shrubs because if you did you'd take out all the new growth and then you'd lose all the flower for the year after so that's a classic late uh, july early august job to do um just to cut down the uh, the early flowering shrubs there I've also got to start hedge trimming mm. soon. That's uh, that joy will start, and that's many weeks at Stoneless. We've got quite long yew hedges um, that take a lot of lot of doing. You've got to get your eye in as well with hedging. It's um, it's it's interesting. The first cut is never perfect, so I always make sure I'm at the back of one of the hedges that no one sees because uh, you've got to get your eye in to get the hedges nice and straight, <laughs> and also get the levels sorted out. Um, so that's another job I'm going to be uh, starting yeah, soon. Yeah. I, I do love all these jobs because they're jobs that sort of... You, when you go into late summer, there's a lot of growth and it's a, a little unruly, um, let's say that. So actually getting in there and pruning or yep. taking out bindweed or weeding or just getting the edges sorted on the lawn and things like that, just give the garden a, a really nice, clean look, which you can appreciate. Again, you, you suddenly think oh yes the garden's there it's just been taken over by all this rampant growth it's straight lines we we i i do strongly believe that if you can just get somewhere like they say a nice crisp edge in then all this billowy growth it, it, the garden can take it quite easily because your eye goes to the straight line first of all so you feel like yeah things are being controlled and then i so i often do this in the kitchen garden i'll often go along and edge the beds um we've got um some that are edged by gravel and then then the soil and others that edged by grass and then soil so if we get those really polished and sharp and crisp it actually if there is a little bit of a weedy or overgrown area going on somewhere mm. over yonder your yeah. eye doesn't go to that it goes to the straight edge and it's 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 really really nice and as you say pruning hedges that is the ultimate straight line and gives your garden the, the structure. We've got a cherry hedge in the kitchen garden that needs a trim and also some box low box hedging um, along the front of the, the the shrub rose border, which is very ancient and we do need to kind of trim the whiskers off that. I have, We have renovated a couple of areas of it, but the, the, the majority of the pruning is, as you say, just getting that straight line back in. Um, yeah, so I, those, I say those jobs, they, they really do, as you say, claim back the structure of the garden um you, you mentioned deadheading right at the start of your of your uh chat there and, and and i've been doing a lot of 
deadheading. You know how many roses we've got at East on London. It's a, it's a relentless job. So I've been doing that today. I've also been harvesting. I don't want to talk too much about the kitchen garden because I know that's, you know, I, I talk about it a lot, but I've been harvesting nonstop. Um, so at the minute, weeding, edging, deadheading and harvesting and irrigation seems to be pretty much uh, what what keeps me entertained in the garden. <laughs> if I can use the word entertained, read into that what you like. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I know you didn't want to talk about the kitchen garden, but actually I did want to ask you a question. I was actually going to phone you the other day. I do occasionally okay. phone uh, Lucy when I need some good veg and fruit advice. She is my... <laughs> uh, encyclopedia on tap it's very nice to have a friend like this i'm um, very re- very reasonable rates, rates. as well you oh know, i so. must look into those anyway um what i wanted to ask you was <laughs> what are you sowing now for later crops because i'm starting to get some gaps in the uh, veg oh, garden my yeah. onions have come up on my shallots um i've taken my broad beans i'm soon to take out yeah. uh, some of the early earlier flowering pea, um, fruiting peas so i'm soon going to have a few gaps and i was just thinking what would be mm. nice to sow now and, I, and i'm thinking about direct sowing things for the later crops um and any ideas well oh all sorts so honestly um what i've been sowing recently at home and in the kitchen garden at the hall is uh, I, I always sow a late oh, batch of carrots okay. if i can get it in before august then that's great um and so you want one that's more uh cold hardy there's one called eskimo that i use uh reliably and that that does very well um in theory it it should be that they don't get carrot fly at this time of year but i do always cover them with mesh anyhow because i have it in the kitchen garden and it seems you know, I'd, I'd rather cover it and have really clean carrots than not. But yeah, those sown in August, or as I say, very, you know, late July, early August, will give you little baby roots all through the autumn and winter. And then they'll gradually, gradually bulk up. And then come the spring, they'll be decent sized roots. So there, that's a lovely thing to do. So that's um, a root crop. Things like turnips and beetroot, I've again got my last sowing of those into the ground at the moment. So um, beetroot, take a little bit longer to bulk up than the turnips the turnips will be a lot quicker they might be sort of at this time of year five weeks or so when they, and you can get a harvest uh, and are we talking the larger turnips or the smaller sort of I like the li- summer turnips yeah the little small ones there's one like snowball uh you know the pure white little roots that are so tender and melt in the mouth um i i've always found those really nice things like Swiss chard, you can do a sowing of Swiss chard, perpetual spinach, annual spinach, all those all those lovely leafy crops will keep you going uh, from one sowing in late July, August, all the way through until March or April of next year. They've got phenomenal staying power. So they mm-hmm. and they're, they're all hardy, so you don't need to worry about protecting those at all. Um, I've, I've just got some lettuces in. Uh, I think with, with salad, hardy salads and lettuces, if you can get them to be decent sized plants by the time October comes, then I find that is a my kind of measure for whether they're going to get through the winter or not. So so now, as I say, we've got August and September. You've got eight weeks from sowing to getting them to bulk up. So they'll germinate in a week, maybe two weeks, bulk up um, and be decent sized plants come October. So all your Mizunas, Rocket, um, as I say, Hardy Lettuces, um, all that kind of stuff. Again, that can be popped into the ground now. Mustards, they'll grow away like bilio. 
So yeah, there's all sorts of things. There's there's loads more. So if anyone wants some ideas on sewing in the for this time of year for the autumn and winter, you know, give me give, drop me a line on Twitter and I'll I'll help you out. Well, that's given me some ideas, and I, and I must say that is loads of ideas, Lucy. I don't have an acre oh, uh, acre kitchen garden <laughs> like you, so I'll probably just stick with the carrots. Although I do like the idea of the turnips as well, so I'll probably give those a go. Well, I think that's yes. uh, that that's our time for now, and and you know. Late summer is a nice time in the garden because for head gardeners, there's a bit more of a relaxation to our to our lives. We know that mm. the slow descent into autumn and winter is happening and we're no longer trying to frenetically sort the borders out before all the growth and get the lawns mowed and all that. So um, hopefully for the next few podcasts, me and Lucy are going to be a little bit more calmer bit mellow a bit more mellow yeah. and uh and that's not the painkillers then it's actually just <laughs> no no i'm off I, well actually <laughs> i am still taking those but um yeah hopefully it's going to be a nice uh, end to summer so that concludes today's podcast we hope you've enjoyed listening and would love any feedback or reviews you feel compelled to give us via your preferred podcast provider or social media platform life in the garden and out of it continually evolves for all of us There is now reference to a new kind of normal, and we are excited to hope that this will bring opportunities to visit gardens, friends and colleagues old and new, so we can gradually adjust from virtual to actual worlds. Specialist nurseries, gardening charities, small businesses and self-employed individuals will still rely on us for financial support and encouragement over the coming weeks and months. We hope everyone in this profession is digging deep and finding ways to flourish. We are continually thinking of you all. Until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! Goodbye.